This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Christopher Sewell. Oh, 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 uh, I know. Robert Barnhill. Who's that? Oh. Philip Muscatello. Everyone needs a bosom. Everyone needs a bosom. Is this shirt slimming? Everyone, everyone needs a bosom. Shop, yeah. Everyone needs a bosom. Brim, brim, brim full of Asher. Yeah, another nice song. This Very was great. Nice song. What year was this? Uh, this was uh, 90s. Uh, it was 90s, 90s. So I just want to remind everyone that um, we have a website that you can uh, check out this music on. It's, uh, what is it, Chris? I, I can't pronounce it like you can, Phil. It's something shirt, slimming, sl- this shirt, is this? Sh- no, 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 no. It's slimmingly.strikingly.com. You see what I mean, Rob? It's slimmingly.strikingly.com. And um, you can have a listen to the Spotify playlist that we're actually listening to now because we'd love to be able to play these songs, but there's no way of us doing it without us getting injunctions by the all-powerful music industry. Yeah. That just rolled off your tongue, Chris. That was beautiful. Thank you. It's been the first time I've been able to pronounce it, Rob. Oh. Um, Right. England. We haven't mentioned Jerry and the Pacemakers. Of course, that's the 60s. Ferry, but Ferry Across the Mersey. Across the Mersey. When I was it's a kid. One of the great pieces of music. It is fantastic. And uh, I was fortunate enough to grow up in the city, Rob and Phil, uh, during my summer holidays. Dad had a shop in George Street. So I went around to the Capitol Theatre in the early 60s, and they had this, this movie they played of all the British bands. They had actually taken these TV shows made a movie for the colonies and played the, played this back-to-back continually. Just walk in any time of the day, watch these bands, go out and have something to eat, have, a, have a, a milkshake or something, go back in and watch more of it. How many Chico Rolls did you have? I have I've had a bite of a Chico Roll in the, uh, somewhere in the 90s or the 80s, and that's about it. I can't eat the frickin' things. We sold them by the ton. My dad had a restaurant. We used to sell them. Phil's particularly fond. I, I'm oh, so Phil, fond of them that knows, I haven't had one in roll. about uh, 30 years. Because I'm just savouring savoring the moment when I will finally have one. That's <laughs> like marital sex. It's like he's waiting for he's waiting for the roll night, the Chico roll night at the old people's home. Oh, come on, everybody, quickly, hurry up, Philip! But um, you, you, you must really remember your father when one of the promotions um, of Chico rolls was the left-handed Chico roll. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember that was one of the highlights of my life. My, the highlight of my life was the, was the posters they had, the girls on the bicycles. <laughs> Man, hello. We've been talking for an hour, boys. So when do we, we start? Have... We should start. <laughs> <laughs> do you realise what we've done? Uh, I, I, I... We've talked. Oh, we, we've spoken for a whole hour, 
And we, I don't think, and I could be wrong, I don't think we've mentioned The Who. What is it that's wrong with The Who? Roger Daltrey. Yeah, so... They, nose, just got Sorry, huge, did I did I say that too quickly? They've just got huge, huge noses. <laughs> they're, they're not good-looking men. Oh, and the Rolling Stones are. Well, well, actually, what was his name? The, the bass player was a misery guts. Mm-hmm. He was just a very unpleasant character. Yeah. There's a video of him teaching him how to play bass, like John John Entwistle. But apparently, he was a big misery guts. Oh, he's a magnificent player. And there's a video he did of how to play like John Entwistle, uh, starring John Entwistle. Roger, didn't Roger do a movie? Roger did a movie where he was playing a prisoner or something, didn't he? You're not getting confused with Patrick McGowan, are you? I love Patrick McGowan. Don't go there, man. I'm a love... I love... Danger Man. Can we play the Danger Man theme songs? Oh. There, yeah, it's, well, there's, there's three or four Danger Man things because it was an American one. They called him Secret Agent Man. They repackaged it. They couldn't call it Danger Man. Give me a break. But you, you, you saw The Prisoner, didn't you? Oh, it's fantastic. Did you watch it? Were you allowed to watch it, stay up and watch it like my parents let me? When I wasn't watching Graham Kennedy. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, how good's this song? I saw uh, Gorillaz live a few years ago. What was it like? It was ama- amazing. I mean, the guest artists alone, there was Della Soul, there was... Um, Kamal. <laughs> Kamal. <laughs> it was Kamal. <laughs> Bobby Womack. There was like a six-piece string section, a six-piece horn section. There was a Moroccan band as well. It was an extraordinary bunch of musicians, and they also had Mick Jones and Paul Simonon on guitar and bass from The Clash. Unbelievable lineup. Love. Did they have free dip on stage as well? Did you get? Could you get? <laughs> yes, but you had to bring your own celery sticks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you remember that time on the Oscars a few years ago when Steve Martin was hosting? And uh, <laughs> was it the one where he went out with no pants? <laughs> that could have been it. <laughs> but there was another point where he he just picked up this tub of dip and walked into the audience to Danny DeVito and said, "Oh, your dip, sir!" And Danny DeVito pulled out a pulled out a celery stick, a huge celery stick from out of his jacket, <laughs> and put it into the dip. <laughs> you know that um, podcast I gave you to listen to, Chris, with Brett Easton Ellis. Yeah, I heard the first section, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the first section. Well, the thing about it, I mean, he's a great talker, and he's. but the trouble with Brett Easton Ellis is he uses the word aesthetics too much. I'm glad that, I'm glad, Rob, (laughs) I'm glad that we (laughs) we haven't used the word aesthetics. (laughs) What are the aesthetics? Well, doctors use the anaesthetic word too much, so I think it's a fair balance. Prosthetic? (laughs) That's very sensitive. Oh, we started with that, didn't we? (laughs) I'm trying to find a 60s compilation to read you to some songs that I own, and I can't find the bastard. Well, a 60s songs compilation. Remember, uh, Rob, you and I were in a, a band once together, and I think we you, one of the Britpop songs we would have done was Bus Stop by the Hollies. I've never done Bus Stop. We did do Bus Stop. So what happened to the bass player from that band? Graham Goldman. Graham Goldman, the guy who wrote the song. Where did he go? He's in 10 CC. He was in the Hollies, was he? he? He wrote No, he wrote the song. Sorry, he wrote the song. He wrote lots of hits while he was a teenager, and he wasn't until his 20s that I think he started playing in bands. He wrote, For your love I give you... Hang on, who are we talking about here? Graham Goldman. Graham Goldman, yeah. And the guy who was in 10 CC. Yeah, yeah. Still yeah. in 10 CC. Still in 10 CC. Wow. Oh, what's that noise? That sounds like... Oh, oh, yes. <laughs> go, go, Phil. The tornadoes. 
Oh, I feel like a kid. One of the most one of the most brilliant producers of British history. Put that together. He he killed himself weeks before the royalties all arrived for him. Oh. We're talking about the tornadoes and their legendary producer, Joe Meek, and the fantastic song Telstar. <laughs> Who's playing guitar in this? Da, da, da. It, might, it might have been Steve Howe from Yes, before he became Yes. Do you know who we haven't talked about in terms of Britpop? Phil Collins? <laughs> We've talked about Phil. We've talked too much about it. True. Prince Charles. Prince sold more records than any other human last year. Any other human? What, 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 other, what other genres were selling records? Are dogs? Any other human? <laughs> well, they even sold more than Adele. Fair enough. I just wanted to ask, pose a question. The question is, whence Britpop? Where is it heading? What's the future of Britpop? <laughs> and I think it's oh. Ed Sheeran. Oh, gosh. Oh, not Adele. Not Adele. You already mentioned Adele. Why not Adele? I'd rather Adele. Oh, I don't gosh. know. She's not ginger Ed enough. Sheeran. You've got to be a ginger oh. to be a proper Brit. Oh, <laughs> like Andy Murray. If only he could see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Georgie Foam, Petula Clark, The Hollies, oh, the Spencer Davis Group. Stevie Winwood, Traffic, Blind Faith. Um, oh, did I tell you about the time I played with Peter Sarstead? No. Oh, he turned oh, the, he turned I the love oh, oh, isn't it just something else? It's such a fantastic song. I remember song. hearing it as a little boy. Yeah. And I remember thinking it was a special song when I heard it. It always has been. Yeah. It is. It's a beautiful song. Uh, he wrote Where Do You Go To, which is just frighteningly good. But uh, he turned up this club we were playing one night with the Prophets, with Jeff Duff, and Jeff says, comes over, because Jeff thought we're all the same age, says, well, Peter Sarstead's in the audience. He wants, do you mind if he gets up and has a jam? And me and the guitarist said, yeah, man, of course he can get up and play. What does he want to do? Well, let's get him up now. Anyway, he was the nicest guy. He was just absolutely full of life, full of joy. He's an Anglo-Indian guy, and apparently his brother was also a famous musician. But what a nice guy. And I got a chance to meet him and play with him. And there he was standing on stage singing his song, Smile on His Face, in this club. And there's been 10 people in there, just a rock, like an R&B club. I said, yeah, get him up. Get him up. Absolutely. I'm just concerned about who we've forgotten. Um, we have forgotten Brian Ferry. Oh! Oh! Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like, what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Phil, Phil, you're the expert on Brian Ferry. I might just add that um, despite um, everyone's feeling about the Smiths, that um, Brian Ferry actually has toured on several occasions using Johnny Marr as his guitarist. 
So that's completely fair. different thing, Phil. I think that that's actually the only reason I like the Smiths was the guitarist. He's fantastic. That's a Morrissey-free yeah. musical uh, yeah. aesthetic. Absolutely. <laughs> even, even, Brian, even Brian wanted to just give me the guitar player. Get rid of the other bloke. Give me the guitar player. <laughs> I dropped into a mastering facility today to drop off a piece of equipment I had to return. And the person wasn't there, but there was someone else who was sort of next door in the garage. And I said, do you know this uh, mastering facility? He said, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, can I leave something for him? And he said, are you a debt collector? <laughs> <laughs> can I leave something? This is the music industry, ladies and gentlemen. But um, <laughs> Do you ever play with Tim Gannon? Yeah, for years. Where is he now? Oh, he's on the internet. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't spoken to him for ages. Jim was in a band uh, called, with, called Fox, and the single they had single was single the single bed. single so, so, so single bed. And the reason they didn't get any bigger was that she met a rich oil magnate and retired from the industry. Lucky girl. Yeah, smart chick. She knew when, <laughs> she knew what a colour license. Jim's a great guitar. How did you meet Jim? I love the way he played guitar. He played in Sherbet for a while. Yeah, he played with a few people. I was in a few of his bands. He used to play with bands when I put together. He, he, I played in his bands. We, we were we toured together in in rhythm sections and stuff. Okay, Adam. I found my sixties collection. The Hollies, Joe Cocker. I've been playing. I've been playing that first Joe Cocker album a bit lately in the car. Is that the one with Mar- with Margarine on it? Yeah. Oh. I've got oh. an hour between Wollongong and Sydney in the morning and an hour back. Oh. And every now and then I play that album. I love Marjorie. It's, it's a great album. You know the story of Marjorie? No. The, 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 the band, I think the producer, there was the producers that made this song and they'd recorded it in the studio and they're waiting for the singer to turn up and this Joe Cocker song guy turned up. But the song was, if you listen to the song without Joe Cocker, it's actually a piece of rubbish. It's not that good, you know. So apparently what happened was Joe had known the song, got up and sang the song, and everyone in the control room got goosebumps. They knew straight away they had a hit. Really? Yeah. It was Joe's voice. Just took the song to another place. Oh, that's a great song. Yeah, it's something else, isn't it? Each time I go to town. What about Thunder in the Air? Not Thunder in the Air. Thunder Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, he, that's a song on the, the closing of The Magic Christian with Peter Sellers and Ringo Starr, is something in the air. You know that he was Pete Townsend's guitar tech? No. And Pete Townsend produced and played all the music on that? No, I didn't know that. So, And it's such a Beatles song. Well, yeah, absolutely. So Pete Townsend produced the record that sounds like the Beatles. And maybe wrote it. Well, it's a very un-who-like song. Oh, I know. It's fantastic. Thunderclap Newman, Hollywood Dream, 1969. Uh, there was a guy with a beard. It was, they looked like a bunch of nerds. It was the late 60s, Chris. They were all <laughs> had beards and looked oh, no, like no. nerds. It, it looked more nerdy than Jethro Tull looked nerdy. Perfect song. I was allowed to go and see The Magic Christian because Dad had the shop in the city, so he knew all the theatre managers. I went to see it. It was the first time I'd seen a breast on the screen. Just one? Mm. <laughs> That's all you needed you, you at that age. You weren't allowed to see the other one. <laughs> had you, to cover you, one didn't need, you, did, you didn't need any more than that. On that 12 years old, Phil. <laughs> That's all I needed. What about Rick Wakeman? I love Rick Wakeman. Journey to the Centre of the Earth. Oh, tell him, you've got stories about Rick Wakeman, haven't you? Well, the, one about, the one about him in Yes, when the, John Anderson didn't want to take the interview. They were in Germany, I think. So he offered Rick for the interview, and uh, Rick really didn't want to talk to people. So Rick was pushed forward as the interviewer, and he says, look, I'm going to make sure, I'm going to make sure they never interview me again. So he told the road manager to go down to the garden shop and buy a shed and some uh, flowers in, in, the, in the pots and some watering cans. 
So the interviewer came in and saw Rick in the hotel room with a full garden shed, watering cans, and he was watering the flowers um, inside the hotel <laughs> inside the hotel room. And the guy tried to conduct the interview while while Rick was tending to his uh, <laughs> to his flowers that he takes on the road with him. And apparently the manager had come in and opened the door and seen what Rick was doing and swore at him. <laughs> and so he never never sent an interview in for for Rick to do again. You know he's a stand up now. Yeah, he, well, he runs a comedy store. Isn't that bizarre? Isn't that beautiful? Well, my cousin Peter Angus used to be a maintenance guy at the original 301, and Peter a massive, was a massive Yes fan, and they'd come into Sydney to do their, their concerts. Well, uh, there's a lot of people. I, I haven't met them, but there, apparently some people, some people haven't bought the album. And still <laughs> like them. So Peter got the chance to hang out with the band, but none of the band wanted to go out because they were all up in their hotel, hotel room smoking joints and reading the Bhagavad Gita or whatever it is they were reading in those days, the Eastern mysticism, except for Rick. Rick loved to have a beer, so Peter was going out with Rick every night. They'd go up to pubs in Surrey Hills, they'd get a few beers, and Rick would sit down, sit down at the pub and just play Barrel House piano for everyone in the pub. The Barrel House version of Journey to the Centre of the Earth. Did he have the sequined uh, <laughs> No, he just had the long blonde hair, but everyone did in those days. Oh, that's great. Did you hear him talking about... Um, uh, Playing piano on Life on Mars for Bowie. Mm-hmm. Was that him? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The whole Have album, you seen yeah. him talk about that on one of those no. Five Years specials? No, no. Have a look at it on YouTube. Wacky okay. talking about Bowie. It's he's just great. Well, he's the piano. He's the organist and second piano player on um, Madman Across the Water. Is he? Yes. He's the second. He's the, he's the other keyboard player. He was a session muso at Trident Studios. He was always there. He's a stand-up now. He does stand-up comedy. He never yeah. rehearsed solos. He with hosts yes. things. He never rehearsed his solos with yes. Never. <laughs> he used to make a solo up, and they say you either like it or you don't, and they say you have to work out. He said, "No, I don't. This is a solo. This is an improvisation." Because they'd all work out their parts. No, this is an improvisation. So he'd improvise his improvisations. <laughs> they hated it. They never got on with him. There's this really great video of them doing this great gig somewhere, doing all the hits, and Rick didn't crack a smile once through the whole video because he didn't get on with them. They were just weirdos, you know? You know, we can't, we can't get through tonight um, without talking about that special gig that you played in, uh, with Fun in Acapulco on the Northern Beaches. You were supported by Tin Machine oh, okay. on the Northern Beaches, and Tin Machine oh, was uh, oh, fronted oh. by David Bowie. Someone who made a, had a little bit of a musical career previously. He did. And Bill Highpoints was playing with me. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to say that. He, he never forgot. <laughs> On his deathbed. <laughs> I'm, glad I saw, I'm glad I saw Fun in Acapulco <laughs> and then carked it. <laughs> they were as good as I heard they were. And that guy really liked Iced Vovos. But that's a pretty incredible thing to have played with uh, David Bowie. Yeah, it was. It was amazing. Like, we, we went on at... Um, 8.30 start, and I hated playing at 8.30, so I would never go on on time anywhere we had to play at 8.30, so I'd always go on at 8.45, and um, anyway, I rocked up. Uh, I found out on Wednesday, and Moby Dix is at the Whale Beach Surf Club, and it's hard to get in. <laughs> I rocked up at quarter past eight, and there were 500 people in, and we we're on a door deal, 10 bucks per head, and, um, and obviously word had got out, so we did our first set, and that was good. And then we went upstairs and there was David Bowie and Tin Machine, including Reeves Gabrielle, who's now the guitarist in The Cure. 
sitting around and they were introduced to us and we had a beer together and I asked David, would he do me a favour? And he said, sure, anything. Thanks for letting us have the gig. And he, I asked him, to, would he ask the audience to stay because we had to come back on. And, um, and he did. He was so gracious and so... And um, he had a great voice. And having seen him sing from two metres away was... was that's probably the highlight for me, actually watching him work and watching the way he held himself when he was singing those notes. And they did some great songs. I love that first Tin Machine album. And Heaven Can Wait, track one, which I played you on the weekend, Bill. It's a great song. Could we do a whole episode on shit singers? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I could start us off with the obvious ones, like Rolling Stones, but we could do... Um, the, the guys, the Pavlov's dog. Oh, they only had one hit. Doesn't matter. You heard the singer? Yeah, but they had one hit. Doesn't matter. How many hits are you supposed to have to have a bad singer for your front, front of your band? Susan Boyle had more hits than that. She's not a bad singer. <laughs> but she's great. Yeah, that, that doesn't work. You can't compare. Well, of course they had one hit. Can you listen to his voice more than once? Oh, I'm bad, didn't we, Phil? Oh, gosh. Yeah. I can't remember the song, though. That was a long time ago. Julia, was it? Gloria? Julia? I've got it, Sam. Yeah, good on you. Ten to ten, I'm going to bugger off. Yeah, I think we've got um, we've got one minute, one hour, twenty eight minutes of um, audio here. So get ten minutes out of that, shouldn't we? Yeah, I think so. I think we've got about ten minutes out of that. But it's been a pleasure talking with you guys again, yeah. and I hope we can talk again next week. Let's do bad singers. My name is Christopher Sulos, and my name's uh, Phil Muscatello. And that was Elvis Presley from Beyond the Grave saying good night and good luck. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.